Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. A man in the last service came up before we begin this service. Was his name Carl? And he had had an operation, severe injury on his right. Uh, no, it was his left one, left leg. And crippled. And he came and showed us how God healed his leg about an hour and a half ago in the service. And it unlocked and the pain went and he can bend and move. I thought that was wonderful. You see, I got injured and I got laid up for 50 some days and the intense pain. And so when he told me that, I could relate to that because the Lord had to heal my knee and uh, take the pain out and give me strength to, to even walk. 10 feet, I couldn't do it. And it was so funny, Sister Bonnie's on one side, my daughter's following me with one of them rolling chair things, I don't know what they call them, and the nurse or whatever on the other side. I, I was so embarrassed, here I am a grown man, it takes three women to get me to go 10 feet. But my wife said even before I fell, it took that kind of encouragement, amen. She said, you were stubborn. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. And I can see I can't go home now. Anybody like to adopt an evangelist? <laughs> Amen. Hello, Brother Clyde. Good to see you, old buddy. I thought you'd come up and talk to me the other night, but they told me you split. Uh, I came out to see what part you left. But anyhow, <laughs> we love you. Amen. There's a beautiful song that I've always used whenever we minister healing. Simply says, oh, it is Jesus. And it's really all about the Lord. And the closer you can draw to Christ, then the greater the anointing or strength. Now, what do we mean by anointing? It means the ability, the capacity, the force of God's nature. There's something in God that's greater than what the enemy's trying to work against you. And what the anointing does, it breaks off the attacks of the enemy so that you're free, joyful, strong with a future and a present that's working right now for the glory of God. So if you don't know it, you can learn it. The singers have been helping us. I usually do around the key of C and hopefully I'm still there. Amen. Well, oh, it is Jesus. Sing wonderful Jesus. Yes, it is. need his touch. We worship you, Lord. woman 
who had an issue of blood. She tried many things, many physicians, the Bible says. Rather than getting better, Mark's gospel records, she grew worse. That's the problem right now. People are putting too much faith in doctors. The reason why they call it a medical practice, they're still practicing. There is no conclusions. Every time they come up with new hypotheses of how to operate. Now we're going back to the old style. They're using leeches again. We've come full cycle. And I see this and it really makes me feel bad because people that are suffering need a hope. And if anybody should be able to give hope, it should be the church. What, what, what do you do when a doctor shakes his head and says, there's no more hope? What do you do when a precious nurse leans over your bed and says, I'm sorry, I'll try to make you feel comfortable. Nothing we can do. And there's so much what we call misinformation. Last year, 2020, in the last 10 years, it was the ninth lowest year of death. But you'd have thought by everybody talking it was the worst year. But it was not. Nine out of ten. It was down at the bottom. But you see, fear believes the wrong report. I'm preaching better than you're shouting. Amen. <laughs> but I say this to encourage you. Fear believes the wrong thing. But faith believes God. Faith is the nature of God. The gift of faith is the nature of God revealed. The ability, the power of God. There are certain things God has for you today. And I'm so glad the Lord allowed me to stay because I have one more word I'd love to put in your spirit. And that's this. You're going to be all right. I have a friend. He's in government. He's a, one of the senators. And he said, you know what? Keep encouraging people because I encourage him and his family. You can be in the highest office in the land and still need help. Our president needs prayer. You guys remember this that know me for years. I prayed for people. I didn't care if they were a Demopublican or, or a Redocrat or whatever. Autocrat. I pray for everybody because the Bible says pray for them that have rule over you. Isn't that right? I made someone mad because I reached out and told Cuomo I was praying for him. And you know what? He wrote me back and thanked me. Somebody said, why did you do that? He needed prayer. Amen. I don't cut myself off from anyone. I had a friend that played for the Kansas City Royals baseball shortstop. And he'd come into meetings when I was in Kansas. And we'd pray and pray. And do you know the Lord healed him of injury? touched his wife. Wow, God heals people in sports, politics, and he heals people like me and you that just do everyday things. Because he's not impressed. See, God's not impressed with who we are. But what we need to become is impressed with who he is. Can you say amen? Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? And I tell you, he's everything. And we're going to sing this one more time. Kind of make it like a prayer. 
and release your faith. In the last service, I asked a question. I, I actually was shocked. I said, how many of you are sick or you've been battling sickness and maybe for a while? Do you know at least two-thirds of the crowd lifted their hand? So I cut my message short where I was prophesying, and I just started laying hands on people. And like I said, that man Carl, he got healed, being crippled, even after an operation. He, what did he tell us? They took the bone and it ripped the muscle and left him stiff-legged. But he come in and he's showing Pastor Steve, and I said, look. I mean, he's bending up and down. He said, I couldn't do that for the last year and a half. That was good, wasn't it? That'll work. Praise God. Well, what does God have for you? See, that's make it personal. What good thing is going to happen in my life? Always have that expectation. Something good's going to happen to me. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it's going to happen, but something good's going to happen to me. Amen. You can't miss it. It's like a red sweater. You see you. Amen. You can't miss it. Everybody say you can't miss it. Say it out loud. Something good is going to happen to me. Say it again. Something good is going to happen to me. You believe that, Melvin? You look a little tired today. You want to lay down? It's all right. We don't care. Wait till you get old and have energy. Praise God. I get a kick out of young folks. They're always tired all the time. My dad told me, he said, when you reach a certain age, you only need four hours sleep. Bless his heart. I think that hit me this year. I've been up early in the morning before the birds. Because God will quicken you. Can you say amen? amen? And this wonderful Jesus is only one prayer. <laughs> oh, I feel it. Glory to God. He's only one prayer away. And as you reach out to him, he's reaching right back out to you. Come on, sing it like a prayer. Oh, it is Jesus. Sing wonderful Jesus, it is Jesus in my soul. For I've touched, touched the of his garment, and his blood has made me whole. Well, oh, it is Jesus, wonderful Jesus. Yes, it is Jesus in my soul. Wherefore I have touched the hem of his garment and his blood. Come on. And his love. Come on now, hit it. May me hold. Well, clap your hands and rejoice. Might as well get happy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, before you're seated, turn around and tell somebody something good's going to happen to you. Something good's going to happen to you. <laughs> we got a great drummer, guitar player.
Brother Mel, see, you and I are still cranking. I, I don't know. Lay hands on him. Amen. What's your first name? Melvin. And yours? You know, we have the same problem in my house. I'm Ted, and then my son's Ted, and now my grandson's Ted. Amen. But I never named my son. My wife did. The name I picked out when he was born, I went in and I said to the nurse, that's the wrong name. That's my name. Oh, no. She said, that's his name. And I went in and my wife said, well, I hope you didn't mind. She didn't like the name I picked. Well, that's all right. God bless her. Praise God. And then when my son had his son, I didn't name him either. They named him. So just in case you think I have the big ego, that's not what happened. I had the big boss. That's different. Completely different. Amen. Praise God. Book of Romans, if you have your Bible. I've been picking on the Italians this morning. Let's keep it up. To the church in Rome. Hallelujah. When I started this year, the Lord told me something. And I didn't know what it meant, to be honest. I, I didn't know. But the Lord spoke to me and he said, I don't want you preaching sermons or messages. But I want you to believe that you'll have the word of the Lord in your mouth when you stand in front of the people. And then he spoke to me, he said, wherever you're at, whatever people are in that particular time that you're speaking, the word will be for the people that are there right then. What I'm about to tell you is for you right now. Everybody say, a right now word. word. Say it again, a right now word. God, uh, yesterday as I was getting ready to come and minister, obviously I didn't know I was going to be here. I thought I'd be somewhere else today. But you just got to let the Lord lead you. Things don't always work the way you think they're going to work. But God has a perfect plan for every life in here. How many of you believe that? May I see your hand? You believe something that God has designed perfectly for your life. And how many of you want him to work it out so there's no hitch? No hindrance, just that God does something good for you. Well, see, that would be everybody. That's human nature. We want the best. And I heard this in my spirit last night. I was sitting in a chair just meditating on the things of God. And the Lord said, people need to change the way they talk. Just as clear, I heard that word. Change the way we talk. And if we let God change the way we talk, It changes the way we walk. Can you say amen? Amen. And so in the book of Romans, and in particular, the 10th chapter, I wanted to draw your attention to a word that Paul gave the church uh, in Rome, the Italian folk. And I want to begin reading, if I may, to you. With the 8th verse of Romans 10. Look at this. But what saith it? Underline or remember that word say. When you confess something, you're saying something. When you confess something, you're saying something. Hallelujah. What saith it? What's the what? What are we talking about? Well, you look on here and it tells you. But what saith it? 
the word. Everybody say the word. The word is nigh you. It's close to you. Where is it? Right below your nose. It's your mouth. But what saith it? The scripture. The word is nigh thee even, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Many of you notice I don't lay hands on people wearing masks, and I'll tell you why I don't. I don't despise anybody that does, but if you don't have faith for that, then you're not going to have faith for anything else. Your faith has to start somewhere. That's not putting anyone down. It's just the truth. If you're under 18, you're more likely to be struck by lightning than catch the virus. That's CDC. Are you hearing me? Less than 111 people died under the age of 13 last year. Most of them had some kind of a disease or problem. But you'd think everybody, one of the worst child abuses I've ever seen is masking little children. Nothing wrong with them. And nothing's going to be wrong with them. Are you hearing me? Now, I'm not a denier, some are. There really was a biological attack on our country. I know that from my friends in Army Intelligence. I've known it since last year in January before it all broke out in the news. But we came through it. But once we came through it, people found out, hey, you can control people if you scare them enough. Getting quiet now. Somebody sing Silent Night, Holy Night. One of my friends, his dad's a preacher, was friends with my dad. He keeps all the stats at the CDC in Atlanta. I've already talked to him. And the media have become a pack of liars. Everything you see is usually false. They know it. They don't care. They found out they can control people. Well, I don't believe the vaccine is the mark of the beast, but I'm watching how the devil is using circumstance to prepare society to receive the mark so that you can't buy or sell. Being set up for the end times now. Are you hearing me? And then when you see it, you wonder, where are preachers encouraging people to be healed? This, this is how I feel. And I said to my wife, I said, you know the calls I get. Who's talking to me? I said, we got to make a choice. When I go out, I could get up and tell people things. I said, they still wouldn't believe it, though it's factual. I said, but if I preach the word, I can help them more. So she and I made a choice last year. I just chose not to participate with all the goofy stuff. I kept preaching. I ran 14 meetings in churches. I ran four tent meetings on top of that. I did. I built a radio station online. I just kept busy. This year I started running. I, I'm still running. Glory to God. See, my problem is I was raised in old time America uh, on John Wayne. You know what I'm talking about. Amen. I thought he was a prophet till I was 18. Glory to God. And when you have a strength from Jesus... You're not as easily manipulated by others. Now, I say this to her credit. This young lady on the front row, stand, sister, I'm pointing to you. Amen. Turn and face the crowd. She looks good since she got out of prison. No. Just kidding. 
But when, get you a seat. But when she was in Bible school, and I'd come through that part of the nation where she went to school, she'd come up to me. She says, I have a church. I thought she meant it was hers, but I, now I know what she's talking about. I have a church in Rochester. I wish you could come preach there. Every time I saw her, she was trying to manipulate me. She said, I heard you like Jamaican food. I can get you beef patties. She's trying to buy me off. And every time I'd see her, I'd pat her on the back and say, God bless you. Hallelujah. And she, she just was like a dog with a bone. She wouldn't let me go. You got to go to Rochester. You'd like it there. Well, she was right. And if you get a chance, you ought to thank her because she first put that seed in me to come here. Amen. <laughs> You'll never forget this morning's service, will you? Amen. That was what you call being humbled. Glory to God. Then I was preaching in uh, Rhode Island, and I went over to the Bible school, and I met this young man, Pastor Steve Edlin. And he was standing there with a fellow named Andrew Gambino. And they were talking. I said, how about you guys come help me in a meeting? So he brought whatever keyboard, whatever they had, and Andrew played the saxophone. And we went and did the meeting. And then he was saying to me, you'd do good at my church. I don't know if you talked to him or not. He said, my mother is pastor now. I'm going to tell her about your ministry. Well, what I'm trying to say is, as they begin to speak things, it started getting in me. Amen. And then I was around a fella, my dad's friend, Bill Wilson. And he said to me, uh, this is when he was with first Mary before second Mary. And the Lord never let him have third Mary. Amen. But first and second he did. Sort of like first and second Peter. He had first and second Mary. But he was preaching. And I was in the meeting. And uh, I sat down next to him. He leaned over and said, you're preaching tonight. I am? I, I mean, but I did. And then when I was done, he said, there's a church in Rochester I know you do good at. And I said, I'm going to take a wild guess. Is it called Faith? Faith Temple at the time. He said, yeah, that's the one. I said, yeah, I've been getting messages from people. Everybody say, the people have spoken. <laughs> well, that was interesting to me because I don't believe any of them knew that any of the other ones had spoken to me. But the Holy Spirit will give you a word for somebody and that word can also become direction in their life and in their pathway. Can you say amen? How many believe God's still leading you by his spirit? Say this out loud. I'm walking all right. I'm not going down to defeat, but I'm living in victory. I've heard the sure word of the Lord. Then lift your hands, say, Lord, keep on talking. Amen. Because as long as God's talking, you're going to make it. As long as you can hear his voice, you're going to be all right. As long as the spirit of the Lord is speaking to your heart, the Bible says as many as are led by the spirit, they are the sons of God. And it doesn't yet appear what you shall be, which means it's an ongoing process of change. And God never changes anybody for the worse. You're being changed right now by the hearing of the word for the 
the better and things are getting better for you. You're not a loser. You're not a failure. But you are more than a conqueror through him. Hallelujah. Greatness is working in your spirit. Hallelujah. And the word of the Lord is sure. The word of the Lord is sure. If he ever talked to you once, he can talk to you twice. And every time he speaks the sound of his voice, it can stop a storm. It makes the waves quit rising up. It causes the wind to be at peace. All we need is to hear what saith the word. Can you say amen? Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but Dwayne, Brother Dwayne, has been waiting for me to tell the story of Earl. The other night I was going to tell it, and I got so much in the spirit, I started calling him Earl. Because he looked a little like Earl. Earl was the running back for the Atlantic Falcons. And he retired... You know those football players, it's amazing. They can retire at 40. But Earl went back to Jersey. And when i go up to Jersey to preach, wherever I was at, he'd bring me something called a sloppy Jenny. It was not his wife. <laughs> Down home, they have something called a sloppy Joe. How many ever heard of sloppy Joe? hamburger and some kind of sauce on a bun. Well, in Jersey, the diners have sloppy jennies. What it is, is all this piled up corned beef with some kind of a Thousand Island sauce dripping off of it. And uh, they call them a sloppy jenny. Man, I eat one of them one time, my tongue slapped my brain before I got it stopped. <laughs> it tasted that good. Mm -mm. Glory. I even feel it right now. Hallelujah. See, every time if, if I was with Brother Shambach Newark or if I was holding a meeting over in Florham Park, Earl would show up and I knew what was in that tinfoil. He said, Brother Shuttlesworth, I got to talk to you. I said, we'll talk later. Let's go back in here and eat it. I didn't care if I was getting ready to preach. I'd just tuck my tie, hide it under my shirt and eat sloppy Jenny. Lick my lips. Glory to God. Well, I was holding a meeting. This is after he and I had had friendship for some years. I was holding a meeting, and he come in. And in this particular meeting, my wife and I were the only white folk there. And uh, I saw him. I said, Earl, why don't you say something to the people? And he got up and said this. The man is against me. Well, he meant the white man. I looked at my wife. Because I know she's giving me trouble once in a while. But I knew it wasn't her. I knew it wasn't me. I love Earl. Then he said it again. The man is against me. But it's too late. He got the mic. I can't get it back. And he began to, he proceeded to kill the anointing. Talked about how. You know, after he left the Falcons, things that man is against me, man is against me, the man is against me. I felt like saying, he may be, and if I find him, I'll help you whoop him. <laughs> Amen. And Earl kept saying, the man is against me. Finally, I got the mic back. And I 
in the words of my son, was ticked off. I'm here preaching. I'm going to be there all week. And the opening service, he kills it with his negativity. The way he's talking. And what happened? The more he talked it, then the unrest began among the people. Because some of them, they felt like the man was against them. So his word was working in their spirit. Are you still listening to me? Oh, I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? And the Lord said, prophesy. Prophesy? I don't feel like doing nothing right now, Lord. You don't go by how you feel. When I woke up this morning, I didn't feel saved. I felt sleepy, but I'm still saved. You know about the fellow, he dreamed he ate a 50-pound marshmallow and woke up and couldn't find his pillow. But anyhow, things happen. It'll get on the way home, Jasmine. That's one that you'll get it. Well, bless, bless his heart. The Lord said, prophesy to it. Now, I have to be honest. I didn't know what I would say to that precious man, my friend, who always was there to help me in the prayer lines, brought me sloppy jennies. Hey, he was a buddy. But I felt like prophesying. But I didn't know what I was going to say. So I opened my mouth and said, this is what the Lord says. I'm waiting to hear it myself. I don't know what the Lord is saying. <laughs> this was in the early days as I was learning how to operate. I said, this is what the Lord says. God is going to turn this thing around. I should have shut up and sat down. Because God can do anything but fail. But I'm still talking. It's like my head is listening to my mouth. But see, it wasn't coming out of my head. It was coming out of my spirit. And I said, before this week is over, God is going to double your income. Because he's talking about how the man was stealing from him. God's going to double your income and promote you. Now, he, now he's shouting, but I'm thinking, I got six more days. And he's running and jumping. The people are shouting. At least we got the anointing back. <laughs> Monday night come. No Earl. I'm looking for Earl. You know what? So are the people. Because they heard the word. And they're looking. No Earl. Boy, it was hard going that night. <laughs> but I preached. Laid hands on everybody. Laying on a hands works even in the midst of unbelief. Jesus could do no mighty work there, save lay his hands on a few sick folk. And he marveled at their unbelief. Laying on a hands will work even when there's unbelief. You just don't get as much results. Well, Tuesday comes. No Earl, D-Wayne. No Earl. That's like, folks, is it Detroit or is it Detroit? Well, if you're from Detroit, it's Detroit. But if you're not, it's Detroit. D-Wayne. All right, so... Wednesday comes, and I'm thinking, man, the meeting will be over Friday. I, I pray, Lord, get Earl out here. And sure enough, the back door opens, and everybody sits up. They were waiting on Earl. We should be waiting on the Lord, but they were waiting on Earl. He comes down. He said, Brother Shuttlesworth, can I have the mic? I said, no, I'll hold it. Because the last time he took it, he about killed everything. I'm halfway through the meeting. I don't feel like starting over again. And he said, Brother Shuttlesworth, that word of the Lord you gave me. He said, I went back to work Monday. 
You've probably been wondering where I am. I thought, yeah, I've been wondering where, where you been. He said, I went in on Monday and the manager of the factory chewed me out, cussed my name, told me he's going to fire me, cussed me some more. said, I told you to come in on Sunday, get these accounts caught up. You didn't do it and kept cussing. And he said, Brother Ted, this little guy walked in behind him, just a little elderly man, gray-headed. And he said he stood there and watched. And the manager of that factory there in Jersey turned around and said, Oh, sir, I didn't know you were going to be here. It was the owner of the company. He had that big factory there in Jersey out of Newark, and he had another one across the river in Philadelphia. A little precious Jewish man. And the guy starts saying, Oh, sir, I didn't know you were here. I'm so glad you're here. And the fellow lifted his hand, Earl said, and said, Be quiet. Turned to Earl said, does he always treat you like this? Earl didn't know what to say. He figured he's fired. So he said, yeah, yeah, he does. Just a moment. And the little fellow turned around and said to the manager, you're fired. Spirit of Trump, come on him. You're fired. Well, the fellow hemmed and hawed. And he turned to Earl and he said, call security. I want him off the grounds. We'll box up your stuff and send it to you. And the owner fired the manager of that factory. So he started talking to Earl. And Earl told him, what's your background? He said, I played for the Atlanta Falcons, went to college. I have a business degree. And the man said, well, why aren't you running this factory? You know, that's a wonderful question to have someone ask you that owns something. Because then you can say, well, well, sir, why, why aren't I? <laughs> he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said, uh, I'm going to put you in as the manager of this factory here in Jersey. And whatever he was making, I'm going to give you that. Well, it was an extra $50,000 a year that Earl got just that Monday afternoon. Took him Tuesday and most of Wednesday to learn the job. And he come back and he said, when Brother Shellsworth prophesied. Boy, I was doing this. Praise God, it came to pass. Because I didn't know. Oh, thank you, Lord. Glory to God. But you see, I told him, I said, before the end of the week, God's going to double your money. He went from 50 to 100 grand. God made him the plant manager. Are you hearing me? And he found out if man's against you, God is for you. Everybody say, God is for me. Say, God is for me. Jesus said he'd cause men to give liberally into your bosom. I'm trying to encourage you today that part of the healing process is understanding that man may turn their back on you. People may give you a fingers down and say you're no good, but God is on your side to help you. The Bible says he exalteth the poor. He'll take you out of a dunghill, set your feet on a rock, and the Bible says you shall not be moved. Man is not your source. Man is not the one that's going to promote you but I come to tell you his name is Jesus he is a friend who sticks closer than a brother but what saith it the word of God is sure hallelujah if God said it he's got to do it if he spoke it he's got to bring it to pass you're only one prayer away from a breakthrough you ought to shout now because it is in your favor you ought to shout now that everything's turning for your good you ought to shout now because you can't 
lose for winning. If God is on your side, you are going to be delivered out of every trouble, every problem, every sickness, every disease, for he is God all by himself. He sits high, but he comes down low. He walks among men and he declares, I am the Lord God that healeth thee. What do you have need of? Call on the Lord. He'll answer you. Come on, clap your hands and shout. Shout unto God. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 9, if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now there's another verse of scripture that says, the true spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So when you talk about what Jesus can do, you're prophesying to your own life. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. Red sweater and all. Glory to God. Hey, my wife will tell you I've had one for years. Amen. And I, I, I wait till Easter, not Christmas, to wear it. Glory to God. <laughs> when you speak the word that has Christ in it, you're actually prophesying change. And what happens is when you speak the word of God, it goes up into your future and makes things line up for your best possible outcome. We need to pray more and talk less. And in prayer, why don't you just go ahead and prophesy over your life? Everybody lift your hand right now. Say, I've got a word in me that's going to change my future. From this day forward, things are getting better and better and better. Everything's changing for my good. Hey, buddy. Say everything's changing right now for my good. Then lift your other hand and give him praise for him working it out. Working it out. I tell you, this ought to make you happy. To think that your words can shape your future when you got Jesus in your words. Amen. When you wake up in the morning and say, yeah, Lord Jesus, this will be the best day. Glory to God. As you go through the day and opposition comes against you like it did Earl, you begin to say, wait, God's going to double me up. Things are going to get better on my behalf because God cannot lie. His word says that he'll never leave me. His word says he'll never forsake me. His word says that he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. When the glory of God is operating in your confession, things begin to change for your good. Change for your good. Change for your good. I had a friend, Danny Booth. He might be watching. I love Danny. And they told him he had COVID-19. He went to the hospital. He tested. And he said to the doctor, can I have five minutes to speak against it? The doctor thought he was nuttier than a fruitcake. See, his mama had cancer, and she learned how to speak against cancer, and the Lord healed her. In fact, she's still alive. Well, doctor said, five minutes. Yeah, he said, that's all it'll take. I said, what'd you do, Danny? He said, I called you. Oh, I said, that's right, you did. Well, he said, after I called you, and you told me speak against it, 
When I hung up, I said, I will not have COVID. It cannot touch my body. Like his mama did when she said, I can't have cancer and I'm not going to die young. See what I mean? And sometimes the Lord shows me what people are dealing with. And I saw all Danny had to do was prophesy it. Well, he'd come back in the doctor. The doctor, he said, test me again. I just tested you. Do it again. Well, that's a, however much money it was, 100 and something. He said, he took the money out and laid it. He said, do it. And five minutes after the other test, results came in. They tested him. He had to wait a little bit. Come back. He didn't have any COVID. Doctor said, I don't know what happened here. Doctor told him. But you see, Danny learned when his mama had to get healed of cancer. And there was a time when his dad went blind Bucky, and I prayed for Bucky, and God opened his blind eyes. You see, that faith came into Danny because God uh, worked on his parents' behalf for eyesight and for cancer and healed. Are you listening to me? Once you have a word from the Lord, there's a substance to that word, and the Bible calls it the eternal way to glory. And when that word gets in you, it never goes out of you. In fact, if you'll remember the prophet in the Old Testament, when he died, they threw the body of a dead soldier on his old bones, but but he still had an eternal way to glory that was in the bones that popped the dead soldier back to life. There is a substance to the anointing. And what we've forgotten as a church, the substance of the anointing is greater than the attack of the devil. What we need to do is turn the anointing loose on the problem. You got an unsaved husband or an unsaved wife or an unsaved family member, turn the anointing on them. Hallelujah. There's nothing too hard for God. With men it is impossible, but with God God, nothing shall be impossible. Hallelujah. And that's just one testimony. I could tell you over a hundred this past year. We've laid hands on them. God healed them. Got them out of hospitals. Healed their lungs. Reversed the circumstance. The power of God is stronger than the challenge that's coming against you. But you still have to prophesy. Speak the word over your life. Come on, shout hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. You prophesy. And when you do, you're speaking Jesus over the situation. For the true spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? And he says, these signs shall follow them that believe. You can prophesy and something's going to follow you that's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I had a little woman. I was in Dallas, Texas. She come to me. She said, Brother Shuttlesworth, they're sprinkling powder on my doorstep. I had no idea what that meant. She said, not only that, they put chicken bones. Oh, then I knew Haiti was in the mix because I preached in Haiti. I said, voodoo. Yeah, she said, there's a woman. She wanted my man. She ain't going to get my man. So she said, she's going to put a curse on me and kill me. And so I went out this morning. And she said, they put powder on the stoop, on the step, and chicken bones. And she said, I'm going to die. But she said, I heard you were over here at TBN in the Dallas studio. I come over to see what you could do about it. I said, I'll tell you, it's what you're going to do about it. What am I going to do? I said, you go back, get in the powder and bones and dance on them. Amen. And begin to release the spirit of Christ. Are you hearing me? 
And she did it. And you know what? The witch died. Are you listening to me? You can reverse the curse. I've been at this too long. I worked as a missionary around the world in Africa, Haiti, India. I've seen where people are being duped by demon powers. But there is someone greater than the power of the devil. His name is Jesus. You can prophesy Jesus over your body. Prophesy Jesus over your mind. Prophesy Jesus in your spirit. Begin to watch God turn things around. You are not going to go down into destruction, but he's going to lift you up and out. Come on. Hallelujah. We are more than enough for the devil and the devil's imps. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Come on. Clap your hands, everybody. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've raised a young generation. They don't know any of these things. They've been secularized. Advanced technology. Education is the key. You remember we were in a meeting. This girl was so demon possessed, she floated right up off the pew. I saw that myself. I looked under there. <laughs> Demon demonic power. I cast the devil out of her. She boom, fell back down on the seat. I've stood in Port-au-Prince. I've stood in the nations of the world where they don't have the advanced technology we think. But listen, they deal with real spirits that they have to understand. How do I get authority over them? In America, we've changed the name of the devil to other things. Amen. But it's still the devil and he's still a defeated foe and Jesus still destroyed him on the cross 2,000 years ago. My wife and I were in Mystic, Connecticut. Did you ever see that movie, Mystic Pizza? Yes. I never saw it. But anyhow, <laughs> no, I didn't. But they filmed it in this restaurant there in Mystic. And my wife and Bonnie and Donnie Johnson, you know Donnie, we go in. And it's hot. We're going to get pizza. I ordered a cold drink. I think it was a Dr. Pepper. I killed that thing. I should have got water first. I was thirsty. <laughs> But the waitresses there don't wear name tags. So I said to Donnie, where's my waitress? He said, there she is way over there. And without even thinking, I said, Rebecca. And she hadn't told us her name. I said, come here a minute. She come over and she's looking scared. I said, what's wrong? She said, how do you know my name's Rebecca? Do you know my brother? I said, no. I said, but if I tell you how I know your name, you're going to think I'm crazy and throw me out of here. No, I want to know. I said, all right, here it goes. When I was a boy, Jesus came to me in the field. He said he's going to give me a gift, and I would know things supernaturally. When I said that, there was a guy in the next booth. He got up and went, Aah! like he was the Hulk, and ran out of the pizza joint. True story. Oh, watch there. As he ran, you could see the tattoo of a bat on his neck. And the head of Satan on his shoulder. So I said to Donnie, that's what you mean when you say a bat out of the hell. There it goes. That's even better than the Earl story. Amen. Oh, I'm having fun. Somebody throw me out. But anyhow. True story. And then they bring his pizza out. We're still waiting. 
And I looked at Donnie. I said, you know, in the early days, the devil stole a lot of things from me. And there's a pizza. And he's gone. And I'm thinking about putting that pizza into the ministry. But that day, Bonnie and I and Donnie, we talked about it driving after we ate. I didn't steal the pizza. I left that to Bonnie. But anyhow, no, she didn't. I said, right in the midst of a famous restaurant where Hollywood is filmed, devils are present. And I'd just gotten back from wherever, some overseas country, and I've been operating this, casting spirits out, setting people free, getting them healed, delivered by the power of Christ. But right in our own nation. Now you listen to this. It's my last day as far as I know. Go get my car started, Brother Dwayne, in case I get people mad. <laughs> the thing that saddens me is not the fact that our, our nation is suffering right now, but it's that the church has been fooled. Don't you read your Bible? Don't you have the same Holy Spirit that talks to the preacher? You do. Could it be? We've allowed the circumstances of the world to override the faith of God. I don't know this woman, but I know God's killing cells in her body that are virulent that don't belong there. And I haven't even talked to you. I told you that cancer story on purpose. Why? Because I know God's delivering you. Hallelujah. I think you've been here another night, but at least I remember your face. But I'm telling you, you're going to be all right. Hallelujah. God's going to send you out. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to set people free. Can you say amen? Are you, is that your daughter? Amen. I could tell by the glasses. You both shop at the same store. Glory to God. But I saw a woman over here with hearts on her glasses. Those were nice. Amen. No lens in them, just hearts. Amen. Like my grandkids. But the Lord is healing you right now. Korabazondo, Rashila, Mama Baha'i. Some of this story I told just for you. Hallelujah. Lift both your hands. Turn the blonde loose. Sister, lift your hands. There you go. These are her antennas. Get your own. Hallelujah. Power of God's going to strike them. I curse the spirit of cancer in your body. I bind it. The Bible calls it, Luke, the spirit of infirmity. Did you know doctors say cancer has its own life? There was a woman sitting here the other night, a blonde girl. I don't know if you saw her. When I cast the spirit of cancer out, she passed some kind of a creature out of her body. Took pictures of it. Remember that, hun? I need to get that and throw it up just to show people. It had eyes, teeth, a hand. Spirits create these things. Demonic power. I was in one place, the whole cheerleading squad came in. They didn't believe nothing I said until their grandmother, who was born deaf, got healed. It takes the miraculous to touch this generation because they're skeptics. They're skeptical of everything. Why? Because no one's ever shown them anything. Parents working two jobs and letting their kids grow up on their own. That's not how I was raised. That's not how you were raised because I can tell your mother's a nice lady. Even if I'm not sure her pants match her sweater. Amen. No, no, they don't. That's a joke. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But pray about it. Anyhow, you're going to be all right. You got to get better, see. You have to get better. Treatment, 
may or may not work. They may say, come in and we'll give you chemo. Makes you feel worse. And we know chemo burns other things that are fine. Because it's not an exact science. That's why I say they're still practicing. Stand please in the name of Jesus. We know only 4% of people with cancer that take chemo are healed. 96% die. It's not an exact science. But here's a woman, she's brave enough because what they say is if you have cancer or heart disease, you're more susceptible to virus and they try to scare the living daylights out of you. They say, you know, black folks are more susceptible than other races. Not true. You're number four. Sorry. I had to demote you because CDC said Caucasians were number one, 76%. Huh? But that's overseeing. Do you see what I'm trying to tell you? They say Delta virus is on the increase. There is no test for it. How do they know? There's no test. You just believe some homosexual on NBC and CBS talking to you. I don't believe none of them. And I don't mind talking like this because they need to get set free and delivered from the devil. They're not in charge. God's in charge. My goal is to raise up 10,000 men and women that will set people free. So you see, fear will try to bombard you. Oh, it's all right. My wife gave me special permission to hold up people that battle disease. Amen. Plus, we got a big usher, Eric. Actually, bigger than the last time I was here. Amen. <laughs> Eric loves food like the preacher. Is he, is he smiling? Okay. I curse the spirit of infirmity in your body. I bind it. Everybody do this. I command it to go out into the deep. Like Jesus did in Mark's gospel. Say, go out into the deep. Go and report to your master devil. Report to Satan. What's your first name? Huh? Tell him Robin is no longer bound but shall recover from this day forward. Spirit of infirmity, go! I command the cancer to dry up. Um, I see in the spirit some of the organs of your body have been affected. And I'm going to ask God to give you new organs. Lift your hands. This is different. Recreate new organs in her body. Is that right? You didn't tell me, but I just saw it when I laid hands on you. These are called the nine gifts of the Spirit found in your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Oh, it's going through you. Heal. Heal. Heal the woman from this day forward. Robin, get better. Have a nice Christmas. Hallelujah. How many know she's going to do what she can do now? Bonnie, get their address. I'm going to send you a big box of my messages on healing, DVDs, CDs, books. Just bless her. You tell one of the girls on the first floor, if they ever want to get to the second floor, get her the books. Amen. Get her the stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't let anybody on the second floor. Amen. Whew. Lift your hand. That's the glory of God. Thank you, Lord. Everybody say, I'm speaking to my own destiny. I refuse to allow the devil to write the last chapter 
of my life. That's powerful just saying that. Ma'am, I've seen you here almost every service. Stand, please. I don't know. Have I prayed for you already? Called you out? Or is this the first time? First time. Well, first things are important. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, what happened with you? The Lord has put design and purpose in you. Just come right in you. Especially during this meeting, the Lord shows me. Design and purpose. You were in a place not that long ago that you realized, I've got to turn to God. Isn't that right? Yes. And it's within the last year or so, recent, you begin to make a shift. True? Yes. Take a step of faith. The devil attacks your home and relationship. I see it in the spirit. It's almost like these devils get a hammer and they start pounding away at houses and homes and people. I'm going to set you free from that demonic attack. Lord, heal the hurt in her body. Heal it. Heal it. Heal it. If you had to put a definition on it, you wouldn't understand. But something hasn't been feeling right. Right through there. And sometimes a sharp pain. Yes. Isn't that right? Everybody lift your hands. This is healing combined with the working of miracles. Now, here's what you've got to ask yourself. How does he know what people have wrong with them if he doesn't know them? Unless there really is a God in heaven that reveals the secret things. That's found in the book of Daniel. And see, I've been doing this 47 years, so you become skillful through much use, handling of the word. But I'm believing to raise up a whole new generation of men and women just like this man, just like these ladies, just like her. Do you go, you go to this church? Yes. All right. The Lord is releasing you. Did you sign up for something today? You are about to. Yeah, that's the next step. Get involved. Now take a step of faith. Whew, glory. Glory. I break off the lies that were spoken about you by other family. I break it off. I command you to have perfect peace in your mind. Perfect peace. I'm not knighting you and making you a knight. Perfect peace. Knight me. Just here. Perfect peace. I command this obstruction in your bowels to be healed. In the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Be healed. Next seven days, it'll lose you. Oh, glory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory. I have to pray for this precious man. Stand, my friend. Got to pray for him. I love him. He's a blessing. Everybody lift your hands. The power of God is in the place. Come over here, sir. They'll let you. If not, you and I will fight our way through. Glory to God. Man, you look great. You know, I love them shoes. You know why? I have a pair just like them. Amen. Everybody say, Jesus is here. You believe it, little sister? I don't know her name. Do you believe it? You believe it's done? Wasn't that what you were dealing with? Then now you won't. Even though I don't really know you. The Lord knows. Hallelujah. What's your name, brother? My name is Jerome. They call me Peter. 
Just a moment, I'll be right back. My name's Ted, they call me Sue. Hallelujah. That's, that's nice though, I like that. The Apostle Peter. <laughs> I gotta get back to the spirit here for a minute, amen. The precious anointing of the Holy Spirit's on your body. You have actually a call in your life. And you are what I would call diplomatic. You know how to use your words, like I'm preaching, to bring healing to relationships and to people. Do you go to this church? I've been attending. Isn't that beautiful? Remember him, Pastor. Got an anointing on it, huh? Oh, you know it. Good. This is Peter, but they call him Jerome. <laughs> or Jerome, they call him Peter. I'm going to pray a prayer, and the Lord's going to make some things good in your body. Just lift your hands to the Lord Jesus. Lord, you know his real name. And we love him. We love him. Brother Jerome, by the name of Peter, the Lord's touching you in this area of your body. You know what this is, don't you? Prostate's being healed. And the burning and the irritation goes. Even when you go to the restroom, it's all changing. The Lord's healing you. Years ago, this, this part of your spine and down that part got strained and hurt. Isn't that right? Amen. And the Lord says, I tell him I'm giving him a new, uh, what do you call them, vertebrae. Thank you, Lord. New one. Somehow your back got twisted. It's not now. Twist any way you want. You're going to see your back is actually freer right now. Test it out. Test it out. Test it out. Glory. Jerome. Call Peter. I believe you got it. My Lord, thank you. God's done something. He is good. Are you surprised that I called you out? No. Did you receive it? Absolutely. All right, then I'm going to pray for your hearing. No hearing aids for Jerome called Peter. In case someone's calling him and he didn't know who it is. Give him a new eardrum. New auditory nerves. Brand new. Now, he's not deaf, but he's starting to lose a little hearing, especially on this left side. In Christ's name, Jesus, the head of the church, giving back perfect hearing, open for the glory of God. Clear in Christ's name, Jesus. My voice should sound a little clearer to you. Can you tell any difference at all? I think they turned up the mic. They turned up the mic. I command you never to lose it. Come on, lift it. Come on, shout with Brother Jerome called Peter. Shout with Brother Jerome called Peter. Beautiful. Stand, sir. Power of God's on you. Come over here. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Are you tracking me down? 
Oh, yes. I do this so that the people watching online can see with the lighting. You go to this church, sir? Yes, I do. What is your name? Mike. Mike, are you called anything else? No. All right. I'll work with Mike. Everybody lift your hand towards him. Is that your wife you're sitting next to? Yes. And are those your children there? Yep. Daughter and son? Yep. All right. Now, the Lord is putting new order in your home. He's fixing the money. You and your wife sitting right there have a plan, and you're working the plan. Pretty good? Have you showed him your ideas about a, another kind of house yet? You still got the brochures tucked away in that drawer? Amen. When you go home, just show him. Use your faith. Amen. Isn't that right? All right. See, I must have really heard from God when I was a kid. That's a financial release. It works just like that. Hey, God can heal your money just like he can your body. If you believe it, lift your hand and say, Lord, heal my money. Hallelujah. So you have an idea to beautify your life, even nicer than what you've got now. You've looked at these pictures, right? The one brochure that there's nice shrubs with light up on the wall, like an arch. Isn't that right? Yes. I saw it in the spirit. You want it? Put your hand out. The Lord's going to give it to you. Come on, lift your hands. <laughs> How many of you want what God has for you? I got both my hands up. Someone say, I'll take it. Say, I'll take it. It's yours if you want it. Hallelujah. If you want it. Glory to God. Are you two young men brothers? Stand, both of you, please. Come over here. They're tall men. Glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. They've been putting tables out outside with balloons on them. How many have seen it? And get you a table and all the girls that are single, go sign up. Amen. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, one girl sat down. She's heartbroken. But anyhow, are you twins? Were you born before him? Right? Both of you have the anointing on your life. Your lives will not be ordinary. For I saw the Spirit of the Lord come upon you, you first, then him. So that's why I venture to say you were born first. Because God does everything in order. Amen? Power of God's on you. What's your name? Peter, Jerome, your buddy. Beautiful. This speaks to skill. The Lord's given you different skills with your hands. You can pretty much do anything, whether it's wood, metal, or whatever you got to do. Yes. And I see you doing it. He got a different thing. 
He can do some of that. But God gave him a good mind as well. Not that you don't have one, Peter. But his skill will go through the mind. Yours is coming through the body. But both of your spirits are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You shall both excel. I've never done this. I don't know what in the world's going on here. But I see the spirit of a millionaire is on both of you. I can see it. Is this too much? I get hot and I unbutton my shirt, but then my wife gives me. I didn't go down to here, just this one. Glory. Wait till you get married, you'll see what it's like. And then you'll pray twice as hard for me as you. Because you got to please the wife. Amen. What are you laughing for? Glory to God. Lift your hands, the power of God's on you. Now, one of you at birth had this issue, but you didn't have it. But you had it, right? And as you stood here and we were all laughing with you, God just healed that issue in the lower part of your body. That's all I want to say over the mic, but that's true. Isn't that right? Yes. Now you can become a millionaire quicker. Amen. Hallelujah. But you have something he doesn't have, which is at night, the devil uh, tries to mess with your mind. And you feel like you're battling some kind of heaviness off your mind. Yes. That's because your mind's anointed to do your job, see? Just like your mind's anointed, but for him it's a different thing. And you had an unusual thing. You thought you saw something in the room one night. You looked and said, what, who is that? Yeah. But when you looked, there was nobody there. Correct. When you spoke, the spirit left your room. Now, my ministry is unusual, but I don't care because I pretty much spent 50 years preaching and my plane's circling. Others are getting ready to take off, but I don't care anymore. Amen. I'm getting ready to land. Glory to God. Maybe in 20 years. But anyhow, that spirit will never come back. I even see the time on the clock. It was between 1.30 and 2. It was about a half hour you had to deal with it. But you felt oppression. Do you have that book, How to Destroy the Works of a Buffeting Spirit? Give my wife your address. I'll send you that book. And I'll send you one too. Amen. How to make cookies. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please, dear. And we'll assign that to Roberta plus the box to them. Put Roberta to work. Amen. She's a nice lady. Probably watching. Hello, Roberta. Lift your hand. The healing anointing is finishing. Does your mom and dad know about this condition? Uh, I, at birth, I had a hole in my mind. Right. But do they know about it? They told you. So they must be very happy to know you got healed. You didn't get it. You're not as holy as he was. <laughs> Lift your hands. Oh, that's a new lung. Oh, God didn't give you a healing. He gave you a new lung. Go get it x-rayed. It'll be looking different. Glory. Come on, lift your hands and praise God. Don't do this to me, Lord. Amen. Glory, glory. Now see, it's a good question. People say, how does he know those things? See, they have no trouble with fortune tellers that are listening to demons. But don't let a man of God hear from the Holy Spirit. I remember when that lady, Dionne Warwick, she had that show 
1-800-GO-TO-HELL, uh, whatever it was. <laughs> but here was the thing. If what she was pushing worked, how come she didn't have any hits? <laughs> then she just come back to the Lord recently. My friend Phil Driscoll helped her cut a gospel record. And the man that had the psychic hotline, he just got saved at Rich Wilkerson's church. And he's taken all the psychic hotline money and he's buying a missions outreach in the nation of India. Isn't that something? And if God can do that with what we would consider the furthest gone, what's God going to do for you and you're still pushing in. Everybody say, everything's turning for me. Hallelujah. Everybody stand, lift your hands. I'm not done, but I quit. You'd think after 12 days, I'd figure it out. Glory to God. And now you know about Earl. Glory to God. I heard an old story about how my Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a good old boy like you, wretch like her, amen. Then I cried. Dear Jesus, oh, come and heal my broken spirit. How many know he can? And somehow, somehow, Jesus came and brought, may I borrow that chair, to me. No, Jasmine, let the fellow in the blue shirt, please, bring the chair over, Amen. The victory. How many ever heard that song? Yeah. Sing the first part again. I heard an old, an old story. How my Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. Thank you, sir. I heard about his groaning and his precious bloods atoning. What did you do? Then I repented of my sin. Then I won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, of my Savior.
clap your hands, play it. Clap your hands under the Lord. Amen, Robin. Better, better, better. Listen, you can ask this lady. You can talk to Robin. These people I spoke to, that young fella, none of these people told me those conditions. Jerome that's called Peter. Nobody. Now here's the thing you got to ask yourself. If the Lord would show Brother Shuttlesworth, talking about myself, that, what about you that are trying to cover up sin? Don't you think the Lord sees it? Don't you think God will judge it? You see, here's the thing. You can walk out these double doors, but nobody in this auditorium is guaranteed that you'll still be here tomorrow. What you do for Christ, you need to do it now. And he's willing that nobody perish, but that everybody be saved. Every head bowed. If you're here this morning, afternoon now, it's all right. We'll let the Baptists go first in the state. Well, they're not even open right now. Amen. So who cares? How many? Now, let the Holy Spirit talk to you. You say, Preacher. I know there's not one sin in my life. Not one. And the Bible says these things are written that you may know you have life eternal. You can know it. Lift your hand to heaven and say, Lord, I thank you. There's not one thing I'm doing that's wrong. I'm free from sin. Uh, let me ask it this way. I saw more of you didn't lift your hand. How many of you say, preacher, yeah, I'm dealing with something, but I need to get it right. Lift your hand to heaven and say, Lord, I got to get it right. Lift it and hold it high. That's a better way to ask it, isn't it? With your hands still raised. Quick, get out of your seat. Come down here and stand in front of me as they sing it again. Will victory in Come on, I'm going to pray for you. From the balcony, main floor. Come on. With his redeeming blood, he loved me here. I knew him. And all my love is through him. He plunged me to victory. Come on, you lifted your hand. Don't put it off. Victory in Jesus, Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me. They're coming from the balcony. Come on. Will he love me here? I do it. And all my love is due him. Lunch me. Need the cleansing. Well, victory. 
victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He and bought me His redeeming blood. He loved me here, I knew Him. And all my, come on girl, that's all right. See, I was waiting for you to come down from the balcony because you're special. We couldn't have this altar if you didn't come. Good thing you didn't jump out of the balcony. I was in a meeting. Someone got so excited. They jumped right out, landed on the pew. Fortunately, they weren't hurt. But the lady they landed on, it wasn't nice. Scared her scared her. It's all right. You folks at the altar, if you knew how much I loved you. Now, everybody, all, all my buddies, I went to Bible school. When are you going to retire? I said, I just did. I put four new ones on. I'm not stopping as long as there's people like you I can encourage. I don't care if I got to gum the devil. I'm going to keep preaching. And I'm not really that old. I'm only 102. But my wife looks good. I'm just telling you, it's worth it to be in the presence of God and to know that nothing can happen to you that you can't speak to it in the spirit of Jesus and see it change for his glory. For some of us, it might be a sin, something we're not doing that we know is wrong. See what I mean? You had to get down here. Lord, I got to make sure. And sometimes when you struggle to get that thing right, it discourages you. I've tried and I fail. Try, I fail. The key is keep on coming till you get it. Don't ever give up. Heaven's too real. Hell's too hot. Your loved ones are too dear for you to miss heaven. And every time the Spirit provides us a service like this where the altar is for whosoever will, always say, that's me. Because if you're dealing with something, give it to the Lord. Before you go through those double doors, make sure that you know your heart is right with Christ. Amen. I'm going to lead everybody in a prayer. I want everybody to pray it. And the Lord will use it to help you. Say this out loud. Dear Jesus, on this Sunday afternoon, before I make my way home, I'm making my way home. I'm heaven-minded. The devil is not going to destroy my life. My life has purpose. My life has meaning. Because when you died on the cross, shed your blood, it made me valuable. You died for the whole world. I receive the work of the cross. Sin's power is now broken in my life, over my life, gone. I get rid of sin before it gets rid of me. Father, I turn to you with all my heart and thank you for hearing my prayer on this Sunday. Never again will the enemy trick me out of my soul. 
my salvation. I got a made up mind. It's mine and the devil's not going to destroy me. Then prophesy over yourself. Say, right now, I am free through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for giving me another start. Then everybody lift your hands and praise him in your own way. Come on, clap your hands under God. Free. Everybody say free. Free. Free at last. Free at last. Glory. One last thing. You know what they've been doing? Getting the names of you that come down for prayer. And they'll go back to my office. On the uh, second floor, we have an altar. But on the first floor, the week after the meetings, our staff will pray over your name. They won't call you or bother you. They just pray over it. I might call and bother you, but they won't. I told one woman, I might call the folks. And I felt a caller. She was little Richard, the rock and roll singer's aunt, Sister Peniman. I said, Sister Peniman, this Brother Shuttlesworth. No, it isn't. She lives in Harlem. I said, yes, it is. Talk a little bit longer. I said, the Lord loves Sister Peniman. It is you. I said, I told you at the altar, I'll call sometimes when the Lord puts it on my heart. I might even call you. Don't worry about it. It won't be to get money. It'll be just to see how you're doing. If we do, if not, I have two women that I've laid my hands on in our office that call the people and pray over them. And they will call, usually in a month. Is there more than two now? I know Sherry, Odessa. What about Megan? Anyhow, my wife knows more than I know. But that's how much we love you. But even more, I do it so you know Jesus loves you. And that you're very important to the plan of God. So what we'll do, where's my helpers at? Here they are over here. Some over here. Once again, you get cut right down the middle. Everybody on this side of the young man, go that way. You on this side, just go over and make sure I get that information. And as you're going, we're going to sing, look what the Lord has done. Amen. Either way, son, you've already done it a couple of times, I know. Follow that way. Go ahead. Look what the Lord has done. Clap your hands. Look what the Lord has done. Heal my body. Heal my body. He touched my mind. He saved me. It was just in time. I'm going to praise his name.
Huh? Hey, Gemma, come here a minute. She came in the other night on crutches. Wasn't that fun? She said, I've never been in something like this. God touched your leg. Now she's looking all right. Share. What is it? Oh, shake it off. That's what she did. She shook it off. Here she is without her crutches. Everybody give the Lord a hand for her. Love you. God bless. Well, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He said he was just in time. Well, I'm going to praise his name. Lord came upon me and God showed me in a vision Joseph and Joseph interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh and the spirit of the Lord gave him the interpretation there will be lean years there will be years of fat or blessing the spirit of the Lord has come upon me to tell you that in October, the devil's going to try and cause leanness to come upon America. And I heard the Lord say, he'll attack the food supply. He'll attack the people. He'll try to lock everything down. But I heard him say, the Lord, come November, you'll have something to be thankful about. For I, the Lord God, will break this plan of the enemy to disrupt the food to the people in this country. I, the Lord thy God, am already working to disrupt it. And I, the Lord God, am removing people that are evil. For 1 Corinthians 5, 5 declares the Lord, just believe they'll be saved, but we turn their soul over to the destruction of the enemy, to Satan. But our prayer is only they be saved. For this is the work of the Lord. And I have used these meetings, declares the Lord, to release a blessing in Rochester on you, your family, and this nation, which will bless the nations of the world. So be of good cheer. I'm not done moving, declares the Lord. And speak the word of God. Prophesy over your life, your family, and yourself for your health, your mind, your spirit. And I will honor it by my Holy Spirit. Now you that are sick, lift your hands right where you're at. I'm going to pray a mass prayer. It's not going to take all morning. I curse every sickness and disease right now. In the mighty name of Jesus and you that are watching. I come against sickness, disease, and affliction. May the healing power of Christ touch every one of you right now. And if you believe that God has touched you... Lift a mighty shout of praise, I'm healed. Come on, shout his name, Jesus. Come on, shout. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.